0: Hi, everybody. Alex here with a quick note about this episode. It was quite hot in the studio the day we were recorded, and we decided to run a fan. It is audible in the recording, but just barely. I hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks. Between the Shelves, the premier Save a Library podcast. I'm joined once again by Mary. Hi. And Rachel. Hello. And this episode, we're going to be talking about what we're into. So I've actually, I'll I'll be up front. I was struggling a little bit coming up with stuff because this is like the fourth podcast I've recorded in like three weeks. Um, And I'm kind of running out of stuff to talk about. (laughs) Uh, Not that I'm not doing anything, but Um, I kind of have, like, ongoing projects, so a lot of it's carrying over week to week, but I did come up with a few things. So, um, the first thing I want to talk about is, it's summertime, and I don't know, I'm not from Long Island originally, I'm from Rhode Island, and in Rhode Island, there's actually like a pretty decent, like, reggae scene, so I grew up, like, with reggae, and I like reggae music, My, my father was really into reggae music, so I learned a lot. Through him, so when the summertime comes around, I'm start playing reggae. Like that's just
1: I did not know that about you. Yeah, wow. I
0: know. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's not the first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I love reggae. You can catch me chucking in the dance hall sometimes, but uh, not recently. But is that what
1: you listen to you in the car on your brakes Do you like playing reggae music? Sometimes I was
0: I was bumping it when I came in this morning. So, you know, a lot of people, their reggae knowledge kind of ends with Bob Marley, which is fine, because, you know, he's the king, you know, it's, but you should, everyone should know Bob Marley. Um, So I came up with a couple of more recommendations for those of you that like reggae, but maybe want to learn a little bit more. Um, I got two movies and two albums. Okay. So I'll be quick. So I'll start with the movies. So if you're interested in like the history of reggae and like kind of the fundamentals of, or the founding kind of fathers of reggae and how it kind of got started there's a great documentary called rude boy the history of the Tro- of trojan records trojan records is like the biggest uh record company they like signed everybody like during the golden age they're kind of like the motown of reggae um so there's a great documentary rude boy the history of trojan records um fantastic it starts in i think like the 60s and goes up to maybe like the 80s like the golden era of when all of these bands got started and so that one's really great definitely check it out the soundtrack for that is also phenomenal it's just hit after hit after hit i'm sure you've heard many of them even if you are not interested in reggae you probably heard a lot of them anyways what's it called again rude boy the history of trojan records right, yeah. and the, i think the soundtrack is the same title that's definitely one to check out now, the next one is not a documentary. It's a, it's a movie movie. Um, it's the Small Axe series by Steve McQueen. Have you heard of this? Mm-hmm. It came out, I think, two years ago. It was an Amazon Prime exclusive. Okay. Um, Steve McQueen, he's not the Steve McQueen from, like, the 70s. Right. It's Steve McQueen. He's, uh, he's the director of 12 Years a Slave okay. and um, Widows and a couple of other ones. Um, but he did a five-movie... Um, deal with Amazon Prime called Small Acts. So they all got released at the same time. They're five movies varying in length. Some of them are like full length two hour movies. Some of them are a little bit shorter. Um, it's called Small Acts. It actually just came out on Blu-ray too. So if you want to check it out at the library we, we, we have it. All five movies are great. Like four star and above. Four out of five stars or above. Um, but the one that, and they're all set in London during like the 60s and 70s and they, they, they're not related. They're all standalone movies, but they all kind of are, they're all set in the same area and they all feature kind of like different immigrant stories in London at the time. And they're all sort of have reggae as like a touch in the stories at, at different parts. Um, but the one that I want to talk about is called Lover's Rock. I think it was the second of the five that came out. It's my second favorite of the five, but it's really good. It's a, it's a romance story. And it's about this these two young people who meet and, uh, at a house party in London, a reggae house party. So it's all set, I think, over the course of one night or, or a whole day, maybe going into the next morning, if I remember correctly. Great story. If you like romance, it's a good romance story. Um, very well directed. I mean, he won Best Director, so he knows what he's doing. He's a great director. Um, but it's a, it's a great little movie. It's not too long. Great soundtrack. Um, and it really makes you feel like what it was like to live there at that time, like, seeing that scene, like, developing in in London at the time. Great movie. I recommend all the movies, but that one's good. And uh, Mangrove is the other really good one. So definitely check that out. So Small Acts by Stephen McQueen. right, sounds good. And then the albums I want to talk about. So I already mentioned the um, Rude Boy, The History of Trojan Records soundtrack. That's a great one. Um, There's another collection called uh, it's also an, a soundtrack for a movie the Harder They Come mm-hmm. it's a movie came out in the 70s it's stars Jimmy Cliff who is a, a singer a reggae singer um, but the soundtrack from that movie is fantastic like he got it was I think filmed in in um, Jamaica so it features a lot of reggae artists like have cameos in it and all the hits that came out at that time they're all in the soundtrack so it's a really great soundtrack so definitely check that one out. And then the last one I want to mention is probably my favorite reggae album of all time. It's Blackheart Man by Bunny Whaler. So a little thing about Bunny Whaler, he was part of Bob Marley and the Whalers. Yes. But um, when Bob Marley uh, went to America and started getting really popular, Bunny Whaler stayed behind. He thought, thought Bob was selling out by you know appealing to these American audiences. Yeah. So he stayed behind and did his own thing and one of his first albums if not his first album he did solo is called black heart man and it's so good like all the way through every song is a hit i just put it on every summer and i i vibe with it and i love it so that's my quick kind of reggae 101 if you're interested check it out and um yeah that's uh, that's the first thing i'm into reggae awesome.
1: cool. yeah all right. I guess my turn. Yeah. Um, so the first thing I want to talk about that I'm into is the show Queer Eye, which is not new. It's been on for a few years on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's the second, um, I guess, regeneration of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, which is where five gay men basically make over a straight man in all aspects. Um, there's someone dedicated to food who helps them cook and learn his way around the kitchen. Um, there's clothing. There's relationships. um, Uh, interior design and uh, you know your inner work your emotions and all that Um, so this started a few years ago with five new guys and I kind of took a break for a while didn't watch any of it but I got back into it recently because it is the most wholesome show you will probably ever watch it's nothing but positivity and warmth and radiance these guys and they don't just do straight men anymore they drop that part from the title it's just called queer eye and so they help women out too um, gay, straight, non-binary, whatever. They help everyone out. Um, and it's just, so it's so good. You know, all these people they help, they're called heroes. So when they help their hero, they're nominated by someone in their life who thinks they deserve this. They've had a rough time. They've, you know, maybe gotten divorced or, you know, they came out of cancer, they're cancer-free now or whatever the case may be. And they come and they help them and it just, there's no negativity at all. It's just all, it's funny. Um, it's, it's just really heartwarming. Like, it yeah. makes you feel good about the world after you're wa- done watching it, which is what I think everyone needs right now.
0: That's a nice twist on the, on modernizing the show, I think. Was the yeah. original show that too, where people had to be like nominated by their friends? I believe Or was it just like so. picking
1: out slobs? To- no, no, no. I think you did have to be nominated. Okay. I used to watch that back in the day. But yeah, they're all just different personalities and they're so funny and... Um, I, don't, I just can't t- tell you how much I love this show. It's just, it's so good. It's yeah. so, makes my heart happy. It's one of those shows.
0: Yeah. You know? I think everyone needs something like that, whether it's a podcast or a show or something that they can kind of go back like a comfort
1: Yeah, yeah. And um, there's also a Queer Eye Lego set, which oh. came out a few years ago, and I didn't have it, and now it's retired. So now I have to get it on eBay. <laughs> so... What's in the Lego set? FYI, my dad's listening. Um, (laughs) It's their their loft, their apartment. So what they did in earlier seasons was after they finish up with the hero, it would usually be leading up to something. So it would be like the hero was getting ready to throw a party or a fundraiser for work. And they would show him or her, you know, getting ready and greeting his friends and family. And they would watch from their lofts. And they had a dog with them. And they would watch and be like, oh, my God, look at him. He does so good. You know, it's... just know so sweet so this is the loft area i believe um and i think it has like a jonathan van nest is one who does hair um jvn and he has like a little salon chair i think in there and there's a kitchen where anthony cooks and it's a little bit of everything so that's my next purchase
0: <laughs> i wouldn't have, have thought like cooking would be one of the like
1: pillars but it is you well, know yeah. i mean Food's really important and good food, good nutrition, and it could be an activity you do with you know your significant other, your family. Um, you know you entertain people at your house. You have to cook a little bit, um, yeah. so it's really cool. And the Anthony takes parts of the heroes, um, like culture sometimes too. They'll make you know jambalaya with one person. Um, one time he made someone's uh, grandmother's recipe uh, for something and incorporates it or sometimes they're really just teaching people how to how to cook like mm-hmm. men and women who really like, I don't even know how to boil water like I don't know what I'm doing and he teaches mm-hmm. them and another thing I like about this show it's coming to me now is um with JVN too if he doesn't if he's not comfortable doing someone's hair if they have um are African-American and he's not comfortable doing their hair he'll call in somebody else who is um comfortable with that mm-hmm. and so I think it's good that they don't go beyond what they can do they know when they need extra help yeah so i think that's like pretty cool because he's usually the one who primarily um will do that you know
0: interesting one thing i I can't stand on tv shows is watching people cook because i I used to be a cook professionally for many many years and yeah uh not a great profession (laughs) just a disclaimer don't go into it if you're uh, if you're interested i wouldn't recommend it but um Yeah, it's, like, my number one pet peeve. I hate watching people, especially, like, cut things. Or, like, when you watch, like, a a show and it's, like, set in, like, they have a scene in a kitchen. They never, ever, 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 I've never seen anyone get it right. Never.
1: Did you see the show Bear?
0: I knew you were going to say that. I have not. That's the one show I have not.
1: Okay. I know everyone,
0: that's, like, the first thing people say. we got to watch Bear. You have
1: to watch Bear. I've never worked in a kitchen either. I don't know my way around a kitchen for the life of me. But people who have worked in kitchens have said this show is totally accurate 100 accurate
0: i know i it looks like a well i know it won a bunch of awards it looks like a a well-made show but i don't want to even relive at that part of my life for a moment like i don't it just i get too many sensory flashbacks i will not enjoy it i know i won't
1: that's fair
0: but that's probably an indication that it's accurate yeah which i appreciate Yeah. yeah
2: I'm gonna keep that in the back burner because I do have like a secret obsession with cooking shows. I'm an extremely picky eater, very picky, and I don't like. I have like OCD about food. I don't like my foods to touch on a plate. Like I'm weird that way, but I love to watch cooking shows.
1: You <laughs> I, so, I
2: definitely will because MasterChef is one of my favorites. I'm sure you have something to say about MasterChef, but I love MasterChef and I love Gordon Ramsay, so I love to watch anything that he is in. So, it's just funny. We just brought up cooking shows, so I just had to say that. <laughs> I love my cooking shows. Um, my interest. So in summer, my little tradition with myself is I like to go back and reread some of my favorite Shakespeare plays. I love Shakespeare, and it was this was something that I started kind of uh, middle of high school. Um, one of my I, I went to Connect High School and there he did a Shakespeare um, a Shakespeare festival at the end of the school year. And he had stationed all across the high school and at different points outside and inside the building, he had different scenes from Shakespeare's plays going on at once. So people could walk around and watch all these different like Shakespeare scenes play out. And I loved that. And then I was in like a theater camp when I was younger and um, we went to see Shakespeare in the Park at Central Park and I saw Cymbeline there and I just loved it. I loved the experience. And now in the summertime, I love to find some sort of outdoor Shakespeare play that's going on. and I love to go see it. Um, Shakespeare in the Park Took a break from um, COVID, I think, from 2020 and 2021. I can't remember exactly. Um, And they used to do three different Shakespeare plays in the park. Um, And now this year they're only doing one, and they're doing Hamlet. And I think every year Hamlet is always one of the three plays that they um, produce. Um, And now this year it's like the only one. And as much as I really wanna go see it, especially because it's it's an all African American cast too, and I, I really wanna see that. I don't wanna see a depressing Shakespeare play in the summer. I really wanna go see one of his comedies. Um, I did see I can't remember exactly where it is now I why she I wrote it down. I'm pretty sure it's Hector State Park, but I can't. 100% remember. Some place on Long Island is doing Twelfth Night outside, and I really want to go see that, because I just, I love to see Shakespeare outside. Um, my college, Queens College, has a beautiful amphitheater outside um, where they did Shakespeare plays, and not always full productions, but sometimes they would do, like, half productions or some scenes, and I just love that experience, so I'm hunting that down for summer. That's great. Yeah. Do you have any Shakespeare
0: plays to recommend for reading? I think yes. I, I read hamlet i read um midnight that's wow god what is midsummer. it midsummer night's dream yeah the big ones but do you have any like some of the comedy i don't think i've read any of the comedies. 12th night is on my i gotta read 12th
2: night cymbeline that is such a good one i had to read that because i was going to see the play with this um theater group that i was with but it was just a it, because it, it's not one you hear about often. It was such a good production to see. And Lily Rabe was in it. And uh, Lily Rabe from American Horror Story. She was in it. She was wonderful. And at the time, I had long blonde hair and bangs. And everyone said I looked just like her. And the director actually came up to me and was like, Lily, you need to go get your mic on. And, and everyone laughed. Because they're like, "We said you look like Lily. <laughs> um, but Cymbeline is definitely one to read. Because it's it's a really good comedy. And I, I loved that one. That was so much fun to see. Awesome.
1: That's so funny. I went to college with a guy who was a distant, distant relative of Shakespeare. Ooh. His last name was Shakespeare. Oh. Jordan Shakespeare. Wow. I remember thinking he must be so popular on campus. Like oh my God, <laughs> Imagine. And he was an English awesome. major like I was, so like, come on. Wow. Hello. Wow. <laughs> Genetics. That's
0: so cool. Yeah. That's the last name that you need to hold on to. You don't forget that last name, no. no
1: definitely not.
0: <laughs> awesome. Um, I got one other thing to talk about. So, I'll I'll have mentioned this in the the previous episodes, the video game episodes. But I've actually been working on my own video game um, for almost two years now, and I'm reaching the very close to the end. So I'm stamping out some bugs, and I'm I'm every single night I'm just at my computer, just trying to really polish up this uh, this game. Um, But what I'm doing right now is I'm actually writing, like, a guide for it for Mm. players in case they get lost. Because there's kind of, like, puzzles and stuff involved. So that's what I've been into lately. I've been making artwork for it and writing and doing all the graphic design and everything. And I'm very, very close to the end. So I'm, like, as I get closer, I'm just investing more and more time. And it's kind of, like, been an obsession of mine. So I'll be very happy when this is behind me. Because this is, project has snowballed and it's now been two years I've been working on this wow. thing. So um, it's been a great experience. Um, but from, if I knew it was going to be a two-year project when I started, <laughs> I probably wouldn't have started it. But yeah. I'm glad I'm I did, so I'm getting very close to the end. Uh, the game's called Pulpergeist. You're a detective. It's kind of like a pulp novel, but there's okay. ghosts and stuff too. Oh. So it's kind of like a paranormal investigator kind of game. Um, it has like Game Boy, original Game Boy graphics uh, maybe I'll post a link in the uh, description. Um, but, yeah, I'm so close to the end, and I have, like, box art and everything made up, and, yeah, I'm getting very close. So cool. it's been very time-consuming, and it's been eating up a lot of my uh, my mental capacity. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> really it's, it's it. been very, very fun.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Speaking of projects, right, as a Leo in the last episode? Yeah, <laughs> no, I just I don't know
0: why I keep doing it to myself, but uh, I just become obsessed. So. Yeah. But yeah, it's been really fun and it's been really rewarding because I, I love video games. Like anyone who listens to this podcast knows that at this point. Um, so it's been like a really rewarding experience to make one myself, and now I have like a whole new layer of appreciation for for game designers, like the, how much work is actually involved. Um, and my game's very small in comparison to other games, but man, one person over two years is still like a lot of work that goes into even the smallest thing so I'm sure, yeah did you ever
1: read that book what's that really popular book from last year today
0: tomorrow 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 yeah. tomorrow, and tomorrow and tomorrow i did yeah that's a great great book i wonder if i talked about it. i think i talked about it on like our first episode because i
1: had a lot of bad videos bad video games you know yeah yeah focus, so
0: yeah it's that's kind of like how i feel about cooking it's like no books have ever really tackled video games in a realistic way yeah. but that one did a really great job yeah. i will say it's probably the only book i've read that had anything to do with video games that that did a good job that wasn't nonfiction. fiction mean. right
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, but yeah that's a great book if you haven't read it i have read it oh you, did you like it i didn't
1: love it yeah i liked it i feel like because i'm not a video game person i didn't really connect with lot of yeah. stuff they were going through um but i liked it i i you know i would give it like three and a half out of five stars yeah Just wasn't really my favorite
0: yeah it's it kind of goes through like the history of video games too so if you know more about that I thought she Zevlin, I think her name, or Zev Zevin.
1: Zevin, sort of Z, yeah. Yeah,
0: she did a great job, like walking you through the history of game development as the characters grow too. So I thought that was very accurate. I thought she she did her research. I don't know if she's a gamer herself, but yeah, it's very. I think it
1: was was so so in depth. Yeah, you know. That's
0: all. That's that's what I've been into. Hopefully, next episode I won't be talking about it again. (laughs) We'll
1: see. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see um so the next thing i want to talk about is just a few quick podcasts that i've been listening to that i really like so one of them is book related um celebrity memoir book club you heard of that one i
2: think
1: so so it's about these two girls basically they reread an autobiography by a celebrity and they discuss it and they go over it and they summarize it on the podcast so you don't have to read it but you feel like you have read it because they go through the whole thing. Um, they go through the important parts, they skip over you know, the filler. Um, and I just think it's really interesting because you really feel like you're, you really feel like you read the book. I think I actually added a book to go read, so I didn't read, but I heard them talk about it and I felt like I read it. Um, so I don't know, it's just a fun thing. They do talk about themselves for like the first half hour, so you could skip that part and then they get into the book. You know, they did Prince Harry, um, you know, all the books, all the autobiographies they did um and the second one is when we talked about before it was conan's podcast that i'm still very much obsessed with yep. conan o'brien needs a friend mm-hmm. um and that's another one that's very wholesome and he's so funny and genuinely funny and genuinely a good guy um and he does a thing you know once a week where he talks to a fan from across the country all over the world and he's like how did you hear about me you know because you're in ireland or you're argentina yeah. you know and he's just so like a natured and some of the guests are really funny too. And I don't know, just a funny, funny
0: podcast. Listen to you. Yeah. I'm a, I've been a lifelong Conan fan. Like I remember growing up, I had like a tiny little CR TV, like maybe like a 10 inch TV that I kept like in my closet. This before you needed a cable box to watch shows. Yeah. So like, you know, I'd have to stay up late and like turn on my TV and have like coats over it. So like I didn't wake anybody else up saying. and I watched Conan, but uh, yeah, I've, I've always loved Conan. And, um, I thought you were going to mention his assistant, Sonia Mobsessian. Yes. She has a book, an I autobiography, book which is very funny. It was
1: funny, yeah. Um,
0: but his other host, um, Matt
1: Gorley. Matt Gorley, thank you.
0: Yes, yeah, so I. I started
1: that too after you recommended it to me. I'm
0: a huge Mac Gorley fan. Um, I've been listening to him on podcasts for maybe a decade before the Conan podcast came out. So when they paired up together, I was so excited. Yeah. Uh, Matt Gorley is a hilarious. Improv comedian, okay. um, but yeah, the mall walk in the up the uh, podcast that you just mentioned—that's one of his uh, his later, his newer podcasts, yeah. um, where he just walks around malls and narrates his experience walking around malls, and it's so funny. And you it's so
1: funny. But who, who is he talking to? What's, what's his uh, Matt McConville
0: is his. Yes other co-hosts
1: i think it's walk around malls you know they're in california so they walk around different malls where they yeah. are and they go into macy's and they go into like different stores and
0: they get kicked uh, out, of macy's. They <laughs> get out
1: of macy's i think one time they didn't the guy was like cool with it he's yeah. like all right no video you know just just recording um but it's actually it's actually really entertaining yeah you know
0: they're great together they're they did a podcast before mall walking called uh, pistol shrimps radio yeah have yeah. you heard of it uh-huh So, Pistol Shrimps is a a women's rec league basketball, a women's, yeah, rec league basketball thing in California. So, it's just, it's non competitive women's basketball that's played at like a YMCA, and they would narrate games. So, they'd set up in the audience and pretend they were like, you know, it was like an NBA game or something, and they'd like call it live.
1: I heard one episode of that recently. I think they aired that in between. And at first I was like, what am I listening to? Yeah. When is this blocking going to come on, you know? <laughs> but yeah, it was literally just that. Just them talking, narrating a women's basketball game. Yeah, they
0: riff so well together. Like and neither of them know on. anything about basketball, no. which makes it even funnier. Yeah,
1: they're freaking hilarious. Yeah. Um, okay, the third one is when I just discovered called Pearlmania 500. And on TikTok, um, there's this guy called Alex Pearl, and he talks about current events a lot. But he's one of those, like, really funny creators who does it in, like, an outlandish way where he, like, screams into the camera and talks about, like, what's going on with the world and the crazy stuff that goes on. And he has a podcast with his wife, and they talk about um, different events in history and some current events, some past events. And they're just really cute together, and it's a really informative way to get, like, your news about things. They do deep dives on certain topics. Um, I'm one of those people who can't read a nonfiction book, but I can listen to it. So I like podcasts for that because it condenses everything. Um, so his podcast, I think, is is one of those that I just start listening to, but I really like it. Nice. So Pearlmania five hundred, and the last one that I will say is there's two Australian podcasts called Shameless and Mamma Mia, and they're basically like talk shows, radio talk shows, but there's no fighting or bickering. Like I feel like there is a lot here. Um, mm-hmm. The women when they have disagreements, they they talk about it and they. Each have you know different ways of looking at things and different opinions, but they don't fight. Like it's not like the view. It's yeah. you know they're very respectful of each That's other. A idea. I, it's really <laughs> very different. Um, and they talk about a lot of U.S. stuff too. Not just Australian. They do talk about some stuff, but a lot of the events too are you know celebrities and pop culture and you know I just like listen to them. Um, Shameless
0: and Mamma Mia.
1: Shameless and Mamma Mia. They're part of the same company. I want to say over there. Yeah. yeah. So I can't tell any of them apart because they all <laughs> sound the same to me. <laughs> um, but they're also really good for pop culture stuff and, you know, they're just entertaining as well.
2: Cool. All right. So um, my thing is right now I have a competition with my sister. We're both very fast readers and we're trying to see who could read the most books um, in 2023 so i'm at i'm in the lead right now at 56 i just finished my 56 wow, book yes and i my thing is when i find a niche that i like i attach myself to it and then i read every single book that i could find within this niche so um i'm in romanticy right now <laughs> fantasy romance books Some um, some YA, some new adult, um, but I've been I've just been obsessed with it. And there's this new book that just came out a couple months ago, uh, Fourth Wing by (laughs) Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yarros. Oh my gosh, it's so good. I had a huge discussion with Chuck about it because he is such a tough critic and he really just hates most (laughs) (laughs) books. (laughs) And I forced him to read this, and he got as far as the third chapter and then gave up. (laughs) And we had a very long discussion about it. And there are things about this book that I was not thrilled with, but then there were things that I absolutely loved. And that I like when something is super fast-paced and when it sucks you into the action right away. So um, somebody was talking about how she does something different with her her formula. She kind of combines YA and adult formulas when she's writing. But um, typically what you do is you introduce somebody to the world and then sometime in the middle or within a couple of chapters, the world changes. You You go to a new aspect of the world, so the scenery and everything is different now with this with this book it's right away the world is immediately different it's new for the reader and it's new for the main character as well so she's thrown into this challenge and I love that I love that we were just learning about all this through her we are learning about this world and what it's like for her and it's such a dangerous world and she has like this huge obstacle to, and deadly obstacle to face immediately to enter this new world And um, I'm terrified of heights, even as a tall person, I'm terrified of heights. And she has to cross this parapet in this downpour rain. And with one shoe on, she has to cross this parapet. It's super narrow, super uneven. People can push her off if they want. And yeah, it's terrifying. And I'm reading this and just like a couple pages in, my heart is pounding. I'm sweating. I feel the sweat on my neck. And I'm like breathing heavy as I'm reading this book. And I love when a book can create a physical reaction out of out of me like that so there were things about it that I didn't love she uses like just like common day colloquialisms like she says like for the win in it and I'm like you don't say that in a fantasy novel (laughs) you don't include that in a fantasy book but I'm willing to overlook that because everything else was just so interesting and then there's dragons in it there's dragons okay (laughs) anything with dragons I am into and um the dragons themselves have such unique personalities they're like grumpy <laughs> and i love that and i love the personalities that she gives the dragons and it's just really really interesting so if you can look past like some of those things because i can you know i'm the type of person that if there's other aspects that i love about the book i can look past the things that annoy me so would i say it's a five star a five star book no but i'd say it's four star you know yeah. because everything else is really interesting and i like um one thing about it is that she's so she's in this dragon rider training academy, and she was never supposed to be in there. She trained her whole life to be a scribe, to enter this war college as a scribe and not as a dragon rider. And her mom, who is like this famous general, forces her to go into the dragon riding academy. And as a scribe with that background, she knows a ton about the history. And as she's in this dragon riding academy, she starts to realize that there's more to the history that they've actually been sharing. By learning about, like, recent events that are occurring, she's realizing that, um, the, the army, I guess, is holding back, withholding information. So, some of the history is incorrect. And, um... She's just kind of uncovering all of these secrets about it, and I just I think that's a really interesting take too, especially when you're talking about history and how it affects the present. And she's connecting the dots that some things in the history aren't connecting with the things in the present, and I yeah. think that's really cool.
0: Yeah, this is the second rave review on this podcast. For oh, this book. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, no, Meg from Children's talked about this on her episode. Oh, okay. uh, the summer reading, the one after the summer reading episode. And she said the same thing. It's, it's fantastic. She's, I think she described it as like a modern take on like the Aragon books. Yeah. Yes. Um, But she, she's finished it. And I think she said she started rereading it immediately. Mm -hmm. Like, so yeah. So this is one to look out for readers. And it's a series, right? This is the first of five books, I think. Yeah.
2: I don't, it's interesting because I, I think that it's, you kind of go into dangerous territory with expanding a series for too long. You know, I definitely think that there is such thing as too long. I'm interested to see how she does it. I thought it was going to be a trilogy. This feels like something that could be a trilogy and wrapped up, you know, within three books, but we'll see. I'll see how she does. Um, there are plenty of fantasy books where I feel like the series is just dragging on. Um, the From, From Blood and Ash series, it was one of my favorites. I absolutely loved this series. But then I got to like the third or the fourth book, and then I was like, okay, no. <laughs> now I'm done. Now it's going on too long. And now she's coming out with like a fifth book. And I'm just like, this is just, it's just dragging now. So I think it kind of it gets a little dangerous when you go after three books you know sometimes i feel like after three books then it starts to get a little muddy
0: yeah we, we've this has come up on the podcast before i think because um, i i avoid book series for that exact reason mm. especially ones that are still ongoing because i don't want to invest time in something that's not going to have a payoff in the end mm-hmm. which is why i like movies because like i know it has a start and an end and i don't it's, it's why i prefer movies to tv shows generally yeah because TV shows might be good one season and then you watch the next season and it's trash. And you're like, well, why did I just wasted two seasons <laughs> of my life when I could it's have It's probably
1: wa- a waste, though, if you enjoyed it.
0: I guess. I don't know.
1: Yeah. No, I I'd rather
0: that. watch five movies and like... Two of the five, really? then watch two seasons of a show and not... I don't know. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I feel like TV shows, too. I was thinking that. Like, after a few seasons, they kind of... The writers run out of things to do with the characters. Yeah. And then yes. the quality goes downhill a lot.
0: Exactly. Because yeah. shows are not generally written with, like, a five-arc story. Right. They're written to sell one season, and then they get picked up again. They're like, okay, well, now what are we going to do? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. hmm Do you have anything else? I'm, I'm out of stuff.
1: I just had one book, um... I wrote down one book, but I'm going to talk about something else that I read. The last book I read was um, something called Iona Iverson's Rules of Commuting, and it takes place in England on, similar to the LIRR on a way to work, and it's about a woman named Iona Iverson who works as a kind of Dear Abby character um, at a magazine, I think it's called Modern Woman, so it's kind of antiquated in, you know, 2023, but she's older now, she's in her 60s, and her editors and her bosses are getting younger and younger and they're telling her she got to keep up she gotta get with the times and she's like you know I don't know what to do and she's a very good personality um she wears kind of like bright colorful outfits everyone knows who she is but you know on a train you don't usually talk to people that you see every day maybe like a you know hi that's it um and one day she starts talking to the people around her and she forms friendships with these people and they're all People from different stages in their lives. There's one guy who's a nurse, but he has panic attacks almost daily at his job and no one knows that. Um, There's another guy who's a high-end investment banker who got fired from his company three months ago and he's still taking the train to work because he doesn't want his wife to know. Um, And it's all about how they need her to kind of help them and their lives. She gives advice, you know, for a living. Um, And they all kind of like intertwine their lives with each other and it's a very quick read. It's nothing deep or nothing serious. Um, but it is, you know, interesting how everyone has their own life that you don't really know about on the train. Um, and you have more common than you might think, you know, with some people. So it it ends on a good note. It's ends in a happy, tied up little box of an ending, which I like. I don't like things that are left unsaid or, or, yeah, yeah, I hate that. I hate, I need to know. Um,
0: would you say it's a good, uh, summer read?
1: I do. Yeah. I think it's definitely a good summer read, a good beach read. Yeah, and each chapter is told from the point of view of each of the characters, too. So you get to know, like, what they're thinking. So that was my, the last book I wrote. That's very good. Five stars on Goodreads. I think okay. I gave it. All right.
0: I think that's, that's everything. That's what we're into. Thanks again for coming. That's yeah, is thanks. great. This is fun. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't know what the next episode is going to be about, but uh, tune in, and, and I hope well, you enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. All right.
1: Bye. Us. Bye.